The reading this morning is from Psalm 129, and it's on page, if I can get this here, 129, of the Pew Bibles, um, 624. Listen to the word of God. I have greatly oppressed, they have greatly oppressed me from my youth, let Israel say. They have greatly oppressed me from my youth, but they have not gained the victory over me. Plowmen have ploughed my back and made me their furrow. But the Lord is righteous. He has cut me free from the cords of the wicked. May all who hate Zion be turned back in shame. May they be like the grass on the roof which withers before it can grow. With it the reaper cannot fill his hands, nor the one who gathers fill his arms. May those who pass by not say, The blessing of the Lord is upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Amen. Father, may the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable to you. Would you speak, Lord? Because we know you are the Lord who speaks. Would we have ears to hear and a heart which is open? For words of life and transformation that we would hear your voice and live. And may your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. My name is David. I'm the pastor of the church. And um, welcome to all those who are here for the first time. Um, maybe the first time of many. Maybe it's just passing through. Just as some of our guys are passing through other church uh, communities this morning, we welcome you. So may you know God's grace. May you know God's peace. Because it is there in abundance whoever you are and whatever situation that you're in. I believe that and I expect that this morning because here is the truth of the matter. We've got our slides, but I have forgot my notes. <laughs> okay, it's 5 to 12. Okay, I'll keep an eye on that. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm taking to all my stuff's on my iPad, but yeah, it's on my laptop. It's not on my iPad and my laptop's in the house. So... Um, this is good. This is exciting. I'm a firm believer. <laughs> I'm a firm believer in God and less being more. And, I, and I'm a firm believer from experience that I can spend days, days on preparation. And then someone at the end of the service, uh, in fact, his name was Stevie McLaren. Some of you will know. Stevie McLaren came up to me and he says, Dave. Thanks for that. When you said this, and he, he says a sentence, golly, did God just speak to me deeply? And I went, God is good. And in reflection, I thought, that was off the cuff. That wasn't any, that wasn't any part of my two or three days preparation for this. And he was the only one that day that came up. And so I'm a firm believer, and less is more, um, that we are here for a purpose, that whatever is on my slides here will... Um, create a little thought that I should share. It may even create a thought in your mind that you've heard your pastor share or someone else share or a book that you have read and it just ignites your imagination and your memory. I pray that would be the case as well. So we are in the Psalms of Ascent and they go from Psalm 120 through to uh, 135. It is the playlist for those coming to worship. Historically, the Jews would go to Jerusalem from all over 
at least three times a year for the great festivals. And they would use these psalms much like their Spotify playlist. They would memorize them and sing them, and it would prep them for worship. There are some traditions that in certain stairs leading up to the temple, that the Jews would stand on a, one of the steps and, and recite Psalm 120, the next step, 121, etc. However it, it took place, these were psalms of life, of their life, of the complexities of life that they would use in worship to ready themselves with the anticipation that their sacrifice would be acceptable to the Lord God Yahweh. And it's no different for, for us. We may not be in the culture that is good at uh, memorization anymore, but there is a call in us to remember scripture. So that at the right moment it ruminates. When things hit the fan and you don't know what to think or say or do, by the Holy Spirit, God brings back to your memory scripture of life that will help you get through those things. And there are some scriptures that we know because we've sang them time and time again, but there's others that we don't know and there's a call for us to know God's word because it is the word of life to us, to those whom he loves, to anyone who would call in the name of Jesus and be saved. So that's where we're at with the Psalms of Ascent and we've went through all sorts of things. And today we're going to look at the theme of perseverance. Now, I want to say this in case I forget to say it. Our perseverance as followers of Jesus Christ, is determined by the faithfulness of God. So if you're Stevie McLaren today, may that be what you remember. Your perseverance is not your determination. It is not gritted teeth. It is not, I'm going to get through this no matter what. There may be an element of that, of saying, I will be obedient to the teachings of Jesus so that I am known as his disciple. Yes, there's an element of us participating with the Holy Spirit in the life that we are called to. Grace, strength, mercy. But when we get through things, when we get through what has been a brutal two plus years, two and a half years, where people have left us, and it's not just us, where, where there are three camps of those people who have returned to church family, those who have left to another church family, and those who have de decided that they will not follow Jesus at all. That is brutal. Two and a half, three years that we went through. So when we get through this, as we are, as other church families are, and new ones are being born, it's based on the faithfulness of God, not our brute determination. So remember that. For praise and glory to him. For whatever situation you're going through, whether it be a hospital appointment, a bereavement, a hope, a, a decision you have to make, he is faithful. What a faithful God have I. What a faithful God. Faithful in every way. hope this works. Ah, okay. Let me read this again. Please keep your Bibles open if you can. And if you've not got your paper Bible, love that sound. Hear that sound? I don't love this sound. Don't hear a sound. I'm talking to my, my children, sorry. Um, 
So here we are, the, the psalmist says this, They have greatly oppressed me from my youth. Let Israel say, they have greatly oppressed me from my youth, but they have not gained the victory over me. The story, the history of Israel from her very conception is one of struggle. Is that right? Jacob struggled, wrestled with the Lord. And if you think of a very quick summary of the history of Israel, their identity was born in slavery. Before that, they weren't a people. They were a tribe that went down to Egypt because of slavery. And it was a tribe that was part of the blessing that God spoke through Abraham, that you have many descendants and number uh, greatly more than the sands of uh, grains of sands and the seashore and the, the stars and the sky. You're, you've got a, a, God says, I'm going to give you an incredible inheritance because I'm a generous God. And But their identity is, as Israel as a people is established in slavery. And God had compassion and heard their cry. He says that to Moses. And it was interesting that Miranda read that. Uh, I didn't know she was going to do that. If I knew Miranda was going to do that, I would have put all sorts of caveats on it because I'm a control freak, but I'm glad she never told me. Um, but you see that, so they, they're in Egypt and, and they are freed from Egypt. We have that Passover lamb. We ha they are freed from death. They are freed from the tyranny of Pharaoh. And, and once they are through the sea and over the other side, because of their disobedience, because they doubted and they were not faithful, a whole generation was lost in that struggle. Parents would not see the promised land because they're grumbling, because they didn't trust God. And so God said, this is what I'm going to do. And that generation wandered for those 40 years in a small patch of desert. At times, no doubt, terrified to go in to the land that was promised them. And even once they went into that land through the leadership of Joshua, they came across all sorts of, of nations, didn't they? The Philistines, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, all sorts of people groups that they encountered time after time after time after time. Hold on to, hold on, on to this promise from the Lord that I will give you a land. You will no longer be a nomadic people. And yet it was a struggle. It was a struggle for them to believe, a struggle for them to remain in the, the narrow path that God had called them to. So that is the story of Israel. And there are many, many more of where they are disobedient. And the ten tribes in the northern kingdom are annihilated by the great superpower of the day, Assyria. Wiped out. No doubt some of them came down to be a part of the, the two tribes in the south and Judah. But for all intents and purposes, the ten tribes of the northern kingdom are lost because of their unfaithfulness. And then the two remaining, the remnant, are taken away into captivity. The creme de la creme are taken away. The temple is broken down. The presence of the Lord and the vision of Ezekiel leaves the temple and goes to be with those people whom he loves, wandering in a foreign land. 
until they are brought back again and the presence of God through Jesus is seen once again in the temple. Can you see how that is a story of struggle? It is a long story. It is a story where they need determination to believe, to stick with it, but it's a story of God's faithfulness, faithful in every way. And it is a story of survival. How many Canaanites do you know? Genuine question. How many Hittites do you know? Genuine question. How many Philistines, those great big giants? Yeah. I know one Jewish guy, probably no more, but I know uh, Guy Meliad, who used to be a striker for St. Johnston, who's a, a friend of mine. He's a secular Jew who lives in Tel Aviv. The Jews are a, a, a race of, a, a people group. They're a survivors. No matter what we think of the politics of Israel, and Israel is by no means a perfect, there is something about God's faithfulness, and there is something about biblical prophecy, prophecy over that nation, and there is something about them being back in that nation once again, etc., etc., etc. They are survivors. Miranda, I think that's Ted. A nation of survivors. Oh, and you come. This boy's been swimming this morning. Well done. <laughs> they have greatly oppressed me from my youth. Emphasis, let Israel say they have greatly oppressed me from my youth. Many of us here have a story of oppression that we still have not seen victory over. Anger. It has oppressed us. It has raised up at the wrong moments and caused harm to others. And we try all sorts of breathing exercises and we try all sorts of self-help stuff and etc, etc, etc. But it takes a willingness to say, Lord, here I am, have your way with me. And at the right moment, God is faithful. In his timing, he is faithful. So we can suffer without suffering defeat. Suffering does not mean that God's blessing is not on you. Heck, that would take a whole huge percentage of the worldwide church because most of our brothers and sisters in Christ suffer. Miranda alluded to it out there. This seems radical, but it really is not standing outside in a circle. It's just so not radical. But to do that in China, to do that in Afghanistan, is absolutely impossible. Unless you're willing to be a martyr. And some are called to that. But suffering does not mean God is displeased with you. In fact, it's the refining fire. And there's that quote that comes to mind that I can't remember about the blood of the martyrs. Anybody know that one? So in that suffering, there is life. And it need not mean that what you are going through will eventually take you over if we look at this psalm of ascent. So we can suffer without suffering defeat. So what does that mean to us? Well, the first thing is there. You can persevere through pain. I know of one or two people in here physically who went through incredible painful things. Not just the physical pain, but bereavement at the same time. 
And there is a trust that, that, that people have to have. A trust that God doesn't change. He was all happy yesterday, but today, because of my circumstances, he is unhappy with me. That is not the father that Jesus revealed. But he is faithful, never changing. Alpha, Omega, beginning and end. Same yesterday, today and forever. So, so what? We can persevere through the things that we are going through. There is a partnering with the Holy Spirit that is required there. Where we have to say, I am willing. And the will is a strange thing. The will really isn't at all anything. You can point to your will, but you can see our lack of will or our exercising of will in so many ways. Our will determines how we use the finances we've got or the blessings that God has given us. Our will determines how we raise our children, how we treat someone who gives us a dirty look. Our will and how we exercise or don't exercise it determines whether we are going to have road rage or not. So there's a partnering with the Holy Spirit. And all too often, we f fly off the handle. Uh, maybe I'm just talking about myself all the time here. And if we are, this is my story. Maybe I just fly off the handle a lot. Maybe as I'm getting older, I'm getting more mellower. Or maybe as I get more mellower, I am understanding that it's either God's way or the highway or no way at all. And there's a submitting to the will of God in my life, trusting that he never changes. And if there's pain that I need to go through, if there's disappointment, if there's real anguish, then go through that, always trusting that he is faithful and his faithfulness determines how things are going to be. So let Israel say, in other words, this isn't just for the elite. This isn't just for the one or two of us about here. Please, if you've got this mentality, and I would be surprised if the, this wasn't the case for one or two people in here, if you've not got the mentality or the thought about yourself that you will never succeed in a certain area of, life's, of your life, you need to come against that. There are some people who think this is always the way it's going to be. I am a dead loss. Other people are progressing in, in their walk with Jesus, but I'm not. Other people's marriages are something that I am still looking to and envying. But my marriage with my spouse is just getting nowhere. If that is you, and you think you'll never get beyond where you're at, it's a lie. It's a lie straight from the devil. It's your own buy into that. And therefore I would say, will in a different way. Trust in a different way. Let all Israel say it's plural, it's for all of us. Let all Israel say that God is faithful to us, his kingdom come and his will will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. That is our hope and what we are looking forward to when Jesus returns. And I do want to read to you Mark chapter 5. A story which you know all too well. A story of perseverance a story of faith, of love, a story of the miraculous 24. A large crowd followed Jesus and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Constant bleeding for 12 years. 
12 times 12 months. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet, instead of getting better, she grew worse. That is great suffering. And when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because there is healing in his wings. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. She trusts Jesus' character. She trusts everything about him. She has lost all hope and she now looks to the miraculous. And immediately her bleeding stopped. And as a, a male, I, I don't know what that would feel like physically, psychologically. So I just don't know. But it's significant enough for Mark to record that immediately as she touched Jesus, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was free from suffering. Just one touch from the king changes everything. And at once Jesus realized that Pilate had gone out from him and he turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? Because there is healing in his wings. You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can say who touched me. But Jesus kept on looking around to see who had done it. Maybe he was looking for guilty eyes. Maybe he was looking for joyful eyes. I don't, I don't have no clue. And then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter your faith has healed you go in peace and be free from your suffering 12 times 12 and yet she thought if I just touch Jesus and she was not disappointed because he is faithful and just at the right time the miraculous happened Eugene Peterson in his book a long obedience in the same direction says the person of faith outlasts all the oppressors. The person of faith. Second thing I want to say. God sets the limits to suffering. I'm going to read this quickly. Um, Plowmen have ploughed my back and made their furrows long, but the Lord is righteous and he has cut me free from the cords of the wicked. So here you have an incredible two images of suffering. One of whipping. And when the whipping happened, it wasn't, it was long strips of flesh that would come out like ribbons. So you get that idea of, of that furrows. Where the, 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 the wicked have no mercy and their furrows are long they are after our their on our backs they're literally after our backs and they're after our very soul and our future and our hope and the second image is a field being ploughed where the blade is cutting down and the oxen are trampling and they're going round and round and on and on and it's incessant and it's long and it's sore and the and the, the, the physical signs of suffering remain for a lifetime. Even carrying, as Jesus carries the marks of his sacrifice, of his suffering, 
Here I have that image in my mind of a slave with the back ripped apart and there would be a reminder of that part in, in their history forever. So this suffering is sore and yet Israel's pain, although intense, God intervenes. In verse 4 we read, But the Lord is righteous and he has cut me free from the cords of the wicked. So you can, again, an image I had in my mind was, these ploughmen are still ploughing. They're incessant, but the Lord has cut them free. And they're so stupid and so dumb that they think by still going round ploughing their backs that is making a difference. But the blade is not there anymore. They may still do it, they may still go on, but the impact of their pain and of their um, anger on us <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah. But that may be a, a word for someone here as well. If there is a limit to this, and the Lord who is faithful, the Lord who does not change, limits that suffering. I'm not saying death may not occur. Jesus says, What was it? Um, they've persecuted me, and if they persecute me, they'll do the same to you. And Jesus says, Come follow me. Pick up your cross. Eleven of the twelve disciples after Judas were martyred. One died in exile. So I'm not saying that suffering doesn't... <laughs> this is one of those days where I know God will share a nugget with someone. <laughs> true. Because nothing I have prepared has been brought by... Oh, it's not true, but my notes aren't here. And then just, you know... 20 minutes into a sermon, that happens. It's okay. Verse 4. The Lord is righteous. He has cut me from the cords of the wicked. 24. And verse 7. Just to emphasize this, we have escaped like a bird. And then 25. 3. The scepter of the wicked will not remain over the land allotted to the righteous. For then the righteous might use their hands to do evil. Is that right? Yeah, so it will not remain. Because the, the Lord intervenes. If you feel that you are in such a situation where you've got no hope and you don't know where you're going, trust in the Lord that he is for you, he is not against you. Nothing takes him by surprise. As, as we have sung and said a number of times over the years, God never says, oops, he's never caught by surprise. Ever, ever, ever. And um, anyway, because the Lord is righteous, and that is a key verse there, because the Lord is faithful, because the Lord is righteous, because the Lord is good, because the Lord is for us, because he is not against us, he limits our suffering. He is not capricious. Muslims believe Allah is capricious. capricious. That they do all of these things on earth in the hope of having Eternity, not with Allah, because they can't have eternity with Allah, but in paradise, with all of their virgins and with all of their, their niceties. But they know he can, uh, uh, inshallah, what, what God wills, what Allah wills. 
And so you can be a good Muslim and you can go up to wherever the paradise is and Allah can just look at you and say, it is not my will for you to come in here. That's the truth. That's a belief. Allah and Yahweh God our Father are not the same. He is the Alpha, the Omega. He is faithful, he is righteous. What he says, he does. There is no changing with him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding. But in all your ways, determine to acknowledge him and live his ways. And he will make straight the path set before you. And finally, pray, pray, and pray. If you look at these prayers that are in verse um, 5 onwards, kind of an old prayers of blessing. May all those who hate Zion be turned back in shame. That is a prayer. May they be like grass on the roof which withers before it can grow. It may have just been a seed that dropped in this, this, this grass here, but it's, it's that much soil when the sun beats down, the guy gets up to harvest it and there's no harvest. With it the reaper cannot fill his hands nor the one who gathers fill his arms. May those who pass by not to say the blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Because there are some things that the Lord will not bless. The Lord, I believe, will not bless, no matter how much we pray, even for our nation, if our nation has laws of oppression or laws that are contrary to his ways. I do not believe the Lord will bless that. I do not believe the Lord will bless violence or hatred. I do not believe the Lord will bless erroneous use of his word, no matter how much we try and gloss it up and thrill it up and tart it up, pimp it up. It won't happen. There are certain things that the Lord will not bless. Oppression and the oppressors. Yes, the Lord would love them to be like prodigals who come to their senses. We were all at one point, those of us who confessed Jesus as our Lord, very political statement, and Saviour, have been bought at a great price. But at one point, we were enemies of God. Part of the darkness of this world. Nothing of our own righteousness, goodness, saved us. Still doesn't save us. But in his mercy, he saved us. Not because of the righteous things we've done, but because of his mercy. So we were once enemies of God. And yet God pursued us. Some of us have known the Lord and wandered away, and he's came and brought us back. That is our story. It's a story of scripture. And we are like ambassadors, inviting people be reconciled to God. And that is a good prayer. We all want to be significant. We all want, whether it's as a father, whether it's as in business, um, as a spouse, we all want to be um, significant and make a difference. We all um, are looking for, yeah, let's stick it with that. Grit determination will not get us there. 
Submit your ways to the Lord. He is faithful. He will surprise you and me because the plans we may have for our future may be contrary to what the Lord has. But I am absolutely convinced that his plans are much way better than my plans. And sometimes it's brutally difficult to come to a point to determine, Lord, your way may be done. Your will may be done. The story of Israel is one where God is faithful. They have been an oppressed people. And the Lord has used their oppressors to bring them back to him. But only for that, for no other reason. May those who oppress us come to faith and knowledge of Jesus. May those of us who claim to follow Jesus do just that. Not with grit determination, but with open hands, a heart which is submissive to his ways. Because he is faithful and may his kingdom come and his will be done. Amen. Shall we pause in silence for a, a number of minutes? Let's just do that. If your story up to this point is one where you feel that you have wandered from the God that you love, know that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that you're saved, it will be so. So bring your confession to the Lord. In this minute, I'm going to give you, not in fine words, but in the groanings of your heart, and he who is here in this holy ground hears and knows and is delighted with your prayer so if you've got things to bring to the Lord recommitment or, or things that you're carrying burdens bring it now to the Lord in prayer in this silence Thank you, Lord, that you know our heart. And where can we go from your presence? Where can we flee? If we go up, up, up into the heavens, you're there. If we go down and try to hide in the, de the, de the depth of, of darkness, you are there also. 
thank you that you have made us fearfully and wonderfully. That we are your beloved and you desire us to experience more of who you are and life in all of its fullness because of what Jesus has done the trailblazer of our faith our Lord, our Saviour so have your way with us may your kingdom come and your will be done just now, tomorrow when we get up and the days after that and days after that and days after that May we walk faithfully with you, our God, in the name of Jesus. Amen.